Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And we are back with another Ready Player Two podcast. As you may have guessed, I'm not Lewis. I am producer Ross. Uh, I'm going to host this week because Lewis is having a week off because it's his birthday. So happy birthday, Lewis, wherever in Scotland you are getting hammered at the minute. <laughs> happy birthday. Make sure you have a guess. Happy birthday. Uh, joining me, as you just heard there, was uh, Ciro and Yo. Rich. Hello. Um, Ciro, we have some bad news for the people, don't we? We have a little bad news. It might not be too bad to some. Go on in here. What are you doing? Unfortunately, this podcast is actually my last podcast officially with the Ready Player Two crew. <sighs> He's going off to Palace of Wisdom, isn't he? This is, this is what he hasn't told us. He's been poached. I've, I've been poached. No, the Scottish rights movement contacted me and said, with the local referendum happening, I can no longer associate with English scum. Right, okay, fine. Well, I suppose that makes sense, really, doesn't it? And, uh, are you going to be doing a, a Scottish Ready Player 2 podcast and a rival to us? <laughs> Unfortunately not. I'm going to be continuing doing the Ready Player battles. I like the idea of a, ready, of a Scottish Ready Player 2. <laughs> I like that. Ready Player 2. <laughs> it can be the same, you just spell it different. Ready Player 2. Tour. Tour? It's not like French, is it? <laughs> and, no, well, that'd be two. Pretty... <laughs> French would be deux. Un, deux, trois. Duh. There's no need to get offensive about it. <laughs> well, I, just well, we we sent uh, we sent Lewis up to Scotland to be a uh, you know like an emissary for English people. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't work out, did it? He's currently trying to drink them dry. I know. Well, he messaged a good attempt going before messaged, that happens. <laughs> he messaged us on Facebook the other day and said, "I'm I'm, I'm down in an alleyway. I'm about to get battered." I'm just like, "Why are you texting on Facebook? <laughs> Run, you fool!" But no, it turns out there's like some kind of pub in this alleyway, and he's about to get drunk in it. <laughs> I've lost control already. This is what happens when he's not here. Um, what you've been up to this week then, guys? Been playing any games? Actually, this week I've been playing a lot of games. We've had a few releases come out this this time. So we've had uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist. I've been playing that on a single, co-op, and multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, Pikmin 3, Disney Infinity, and Saints Row 4. Can All I jump in on a couple of these? Yeah, go. Yeah, go. So the first one, Splinter Cell Blacklist, I am not in any way interested in Splinter Cell games <laughs> because they look like a big pile of bollocks. However, this one looks really good. And after after you guys talking about it, I was actually pretty interested in, in getting it, mostly because I love co-op in games like that. The problem is, then you shot in with... <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's some kind of game-breaking bug. Is this a widespread thing, or is it only for your game? Uh, from what I've seen on other uh, message boards and just the general internet, it is... Uh... A widespread thing is a uh, after level at the end of level four in the co-op campaign. I think there's 14 missions you do together. Um, yeah, uh, you get to the end of it and it just something glitches and you can't go past it. And Bloody we hell. must have reloaded that game. <sighs> How did this get through quality? 15 control? times. I don't know. This is what annoys me with games at the minute. It's, they kind of surely the game testers kind of went. Well, it's broken. <laughs> if it's happening to everybody. Right. Well, no, this is the thing. It only happened under a set 
rules. It wasn't like every time you could not complete this level. So many people managed to do it and pass successfully. No problems. But there was a large volume of people out there hitting the forum boards going, hey, I've got this bug. Something's fucked up here. Mm. What's going on? And everyone behind them was like, yeah, we had the same thing. But other people were like, yeah, I just reloaded it and it worked. And we were like, we hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were up to about 2 o'clock in the morning just reloading this thing. Vastly annoying. I had a similar thing with God of War a while ago. Mm. It took me ages to try and work out what the hell was going on. Oh, is this the one when you had you mentioned previously where the boss just didn't load into the yeah, level? Yeah, but the problem is that if you've not played the game before, you don't know there's meant to be a boss there. <laughs> so I'm just stood there in this like arena, kind of going, what, "What's going on? I can't get out. There's nowhere." And I'm I'm trying to like do interesting jumps up walls. Yeah, I've been I've been doing backflips at walls and everything. And I'm thinking this is really complicated. This game is normally really hack and slash and straightforward. I don't understand what's going on. And after about 20 minutes, I was like, "It's ridiculous. I'm not doing this." <laughs> So I got angry and I turned the game off and rage quit. And then I came back to it later and tried again and it did exactly the same thing. So I had to load a previous save game yeah. and then it just worked. Huh. It just worked. <laughs> so, but is it good? Is the single player good on it? Is it really heavily stealth based or is it is it a good mix? Um, it gives you a choice. You can. There's three different ways to go through every level. You can do it um, full out assault mode. You can right. do it full on ghost mode, sneaking through, not killing anyone. Or you can do this new one called Panther. Right. Do you get? Do you have to choose at the beginning of the level? Then do you have to decide which way you're going to do it? No, it's completely how you play the level. You get um, it's kind of RPG at the end of each level. You know, certain bars go up. Your ghost, your panther, oh, right. or okay. assault go up. Um, I found the best way to play for me is panther, where you you stick to the shadows, but you still um, kill people rather than sneak past them. So it's it's more like lethal stealth rather than infiltration. Yeah, because you have a stun gun, you can choose to just um, knock them out. Right, and you can oh, no, shoot them, shoot them in the face. Yeah, always. <laughs> exactly. I always mark and execute, being... and then kill, and then hide them, and then move on. So it's very involved being bad guys. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I love Splinter Cell. It's, it is probably my favourite ever game series. See, I tried to get ages and ages ago. I tried to get into both Splinter Cell and Siphon Filter. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah. I tried to get into both of them. They just. I've said this before, but they always had parts in them that were. You have to be stealthy. Yeah. Like, the, the very second somebody sees you, the, the entire level is over. And I hate it. I hate it so much to the point that I just thought I'm not playing these games anymore. And I know certain other games have had it in it, but, like, Metal Gear Solid is another example. It does that several times in the game. Mm. I managed to get past it on that. Yeah. But I I just I don't normally like that kind of thing. It pisses me off to the point of distraction, so I haven't bothered. But I looked at uh, Splinter Cell Conviction a while ago, and I thought, this looks pretty decent. I quite like the look of this. Yeah, I love Conviction. And uh, and this new one looks... And I mean, it looks great. The set pieces and stuff that are in it look really, really good. Like, the way that he reacts to the environment and everything looks really, really well put together. So, I am tempted. I think I'll probably wait until it's in some kind of bargain bin and grab it. Yeah, it won't be too long, because they did tend to... They're quite, quite polarising games. You either love them, or you've been burned by the old ones. Yeah, and they're, they're the kind of games that if they don't have competitive multiplayer, they don't hold their value very well either. Yeah, so I don't know. The, some of the older ones stood up. I think Conviction was fantastic, but I didn't think that had a big multiplayer element to it. Double Agent, on the other hand, had a really great... That was the first one to use, Spies versus Mercs, but nobody tense, played it. it? You know, it was, no, hardly anybody touched it. Okay, the Mercs were shit to play, but the multiplayer was still fucking scary as hell. Yeah. Me and Sarah have been doing the co-op, and um, it's it's just so tense. I'm just sat in front of the screen, like right in front of the screen, sweating from the hands. And is it, it they're proper missions, aren't they? It's kind of similar to um, oh, what is it, Spec Ops on Modern Warfare? 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a full story. Yeah, I love it's that a full kind 14 of fourteen mission story. I love it. I love that kind of thing. That's really, it's disappeared from games for absolutely ages, and then and now it's it made a com- it's made a comeback, and I think co-op play is so important. Yeah. And it's it, it's a whole different game. Like if you never played the Spec Ops on Modern Warfare, and it's or if you try to do it on your own because it's almost impossible <laughs> to do it on your own. Yeah, a lot of them were. Um, then it's, you're missing like an entire section of the game. It's really good. Yeah. I think one of the fun parts, even on Splash, I just could go into with the co-op stuff was the Billy. This is how um, me and Ross were playing quite a lot. I was hiding in one location. He would be hiding in another location. Now he'd be calling the guards over towards him, so I can easily get behind them and take them out. Mm. And yes, we're repeating cool. this. We're repeating this process through the map. Amazingly, it's the, that's that's pretty cool. It does use it uses Connect in a quite a nice way as well. It does. It's not really intrusive. Well, it turns it off. <laughs> No, it's not really intrusive into the game, but when, like Siri was just saying, when I was mentioned, um, calling guards over, I would I'd literally just say, hey, you, or come here, or whistle. Oh, really? And they'd hear it, and they'd come over towards me. So have you sneezed by accident while you were playing the game? <laughs> yeah, it would pick it up. Do you have to push a button? Or does it just pick up everything you say? It just picks it up. It just picks the sound up. So if your missus walks into the room and goes, oh, you're tosser, you're playing the Xbox again, all the guards in the room are going to run over to you and start shivving you in the bollocks. <laughs> I actually think it listens for keywords like, hey, you, come here, whistles. So I think yeah. there's a set yeah, group I'm of not commands that... that. <laughs> I'm not playing that. My wife would be walking around the living room and going, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, stop it. Yeah, but you'd be in trouble. <laughs> oh, man. How's, um... Well, that sounds really good. Yeah, I was going to say, how's uh, Infinity? That's the next one I yeah. want to know about. I honestly... It... It's, Infinity is exactly what it says on tin. It is a toy box. It literally is. You start with, you know, your toy box levels. There's a few set adventures I've not played too much into, but the toy box levels. Here's the Cinderella's castle. Here's some little bits and pieces around. Go nuts. Hmm. So can you, bit- can you? Is it like Minecraft? Can you build yourself like a village? <laughs> it comes with set pieces. You right when as soon as you start, you have a set of basic utensils, a, a few crafting items. A, maybe a single page worth. Right. Right. And then you run on the preset level, smash all the crates, gain little points, go up in levels, kill some little monsters, you know, the, the Agrabah guards, um, the card monsters from Alice in Wonderland. You kill all of them, you get more little points, and every time you basically, finger quotations, level up, it gives you an ability to spin for more items. Right. So you go to oh, this right. random little platform that shows here's a here's a whole bunch of your uh, some items like um the old family fortune screen (laughs) (laughs) and you you spin and you randomly get one of those items so you don't have to pay for more items from like an online store you you can just get them by playing the game i think you can but i think you get various different ones exclusive ones by paying right okay well, that's pretty good. It means that there isn't le- you don't just get everything given to you straight away. There's a level of, uh, of advancement. You've got to mm. play the game to unlock more stuff. Exactly. You know, so you you sit there with Sully. You get him in his race car, and you go around the tracks doing little stunts. You get awarded points. You climb up the map, find these little capsules. You get points. There's also little things dotted around, and there's parts where it really means you have to create a level or a bridge to get to it. So well, see, that's, that's pretty it, cool. It does reward you quite well. I've not played a multiplayer yet. I really need to get onto that because that is where the game is going to shine. 
I must admit, I went into game, and I don't do this very often because I don't like game as a rule, but I went into game and I'm looking, I'm looking at Disney Infinity and I've been interested in this for a while, but because of, I never, I was never into Skylanders. I saw it, I kind of acknowledged it, I filed it away under Pokemon in my mind and never really did anything else with it. And I went in and I was looking at Disney Infinity and the guys behind the counter at my game, admittedly, are actually quite good and they were chatting about it and showing me all the little figures and everything. And then I, I kept finding my eyes drifting over over to Skylanders <laughs> and I'm looking at all the figures for Skylanders and I'm looking at the game and the style of play and everything and I think to myself I actually kind of want to play Skylanders <laughs> I, I think I want to I want to level up a guy and make him more powerful and more and better at killing stuff which yeah. isn't what you're going to get out of Disney Infinity and I'm thinking I can't get both <laughs> this is an investment I cannot afford to get both of these things so I got neither <laughs> <laughs> that was that was what happened at the end of that I just got neither I've got the money and I'm kind of sat back thinking, I don't really know what to get. I don't want to buy Disney Infinity yeah. just to realise I'm not going to play it and then have to try and trade it in and get almost no money for it. Because it's quite expensive, like 65 quid to buy the starter pack, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite an um, expenditure. Yeah. Something that you're not, not sure on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the other big problem is I know that the figures will go missing because they'll end up in toy boxes <laughs> or you know, hidden under the sofa and stuff like that. So they, yeah. And the kids will just play with them like toys. So I'm a little bit worried about that as well. Mm. It does look good. I just can't decide whether I'm going to enjoy... I can't, I can't decide if it's the kind of thing I'm going to be able to sink hours and hours into, which is obviously no. the intention. No, it's one of those things... I, oh, okay, I've not played online, like I said, but now I'm looking at the models at the moment. I'm really not interested in too many of the characters right now. You know, it was, this was a, a kind of a gift, so I, I'm not, I can't complain at it. <laughs> but, you know, I've got the Scully of, uh, Sully, sorry, I keep calling him Scully. He's not fucking in the X-Files. <laughs> Sully, um, Captain Jack, and Mr. Incredible. And I'm, of all the characters I know, I really like Captain Jack. But everybody else, not so much. Not really interested at all. When I get Jack Skeleton and things like that, great, I'll jump in and I'll, I'll, I think I'll enjoy the Nightmare World a little bit more. Mm. But when it comes to those, I'll deal with them. But at the moment, I'm, I would have been happy just waiting. I'm and surprised, then, sorry, I'll just jump in. I'm surprised there's no Tron. That's yeah, really, exactly. really, really shocked me. I would have expected a lot out of Tron because you could, you could, do, you could do so many things with that world. It's, it's, it's a world that's designed to be built from. So I would have thought that it would turn out really good, but no, they didn't go with it in the end. Uh, what have you been playing, Rich, this week? Uh, mostly Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I completed Last of Us. Yes. Um, I, I am filing that game under one of the best games I've ever played. Wow. It is. Absolute, I can that, argue. That is a strong statement for me because I, I do play a lot of games, but I just I couldn't get it. I didn't want it to end. Um, and it, I just I couldn't get enough of it, of everything. Every, everything about it. Just hit all all the right buttons for me, and I, I I couldn't fault it. I couldn't fault a single thing. The camera angles, the the um, the dialogue, the voice acting, the set pieces, the movements, everything about it was just cinematic and absolute genius. The combat was great, despite the fact that it was a very story driven game. I just I just honestly just fantastic <laughs> game. And the, the know, ending, I'm not going to say anything about the ending, but the, the ending just completely blew my mind. I thought it was amazing. Do you know, there's one part in playing that I remember so vividly, and it changed how it really reacted to me. It's at the very beginning. You know, you and L. It is L, isn't it? Yeah. Ellie, uh, yeah. Ellie. And 
you meet up in you in the record shop and you're just walking around. She's you've just really met her, so she's kind of chatting away to you, and she just starts suddenly flicking through records in the record shop, interacting with the yeah. background scenery. I was like, holy shit! <laughs> I loved, and and I don't know if you noticed this the first time you you play it, but. As the game progresses, and I don't know if this is something that I just happen to notice or something that, that happens intentionally. To start with, when you're playing the game and you've not been with her all that long, when you're creeping around, she follows you. Yeah. Yeah? So she's, she's behind you. And when you stop, she stops behind you. Later on, you're, you're creeping around. And after you... So that you've been with her quite a long time. And it goes through different seasons and stuff during the game. So by the end of it, you, you know, you two have been together for a very long time. Near the end of it, I'm noticing that now she's not behind me anymore. I'm stopping with my arms like over uh, her, kind of up, up on a box, and she creeps under my arms and kind of nestles herself in between me and the object that I'm I'm against, <laughs> in like a protective way. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is amazing. And if it had done it from the get go, it still would have been great. But the fact that she becomes more comfortable with you and starts doing that as the game progresses, I'm like, this is. I, I, it's just the level of detail that they've that they've gone into for the character interaction and everything really, really, really makes you genuinely scared that somebody that you care for in the game might die. Uh, and, and because and because clickers. of the or because of the storyline and everything, it, it could actually happen. You never know who's going to die. You never know what's going to happen in that game. So you've got to be on edge at all times. Oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Had a fantastic time with it. Upset that it's finished. I do... But anyway, Last of Us yeah. is old hack. Tell me about Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV. Final Fantasy XIV has had well. a few problems. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I got on. I was in... Ba- I got into the beta. I was in I was in the open beta. A couple of days on the open beta. Everything seems to be working absolutely fine. Open beta closes. We head into early access. I've got an early access code, so in I go, uh, what, four or five days before the game's actually released. Yeah. First day, absolutely fine. Played about four hours, not a problem. Second day, same. Played about four hours, no problem at all. Didn't skip a beat. Servers were absolutely perfect, no issue. Third day, I'm playing, and I'm just playing for a while, and I've seen some people in chat kind of going, what's going on? What the fuck's happening? I was like, I don't understand, right? So I'm just playing, and we're not having any problems. And me and the guy I'm playing with, Bram, we run up to like this, this entrance to an instance, and the instance is like a trapdoor thing on the floor. And there is, I shit you not, probably about 60 people stood on top of this trapdoor. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm never going to fucking click on that. All right, fine. So I worm my way in, right? And I'm just trying to kind of wiggle past all the people to try and get to this trapdoor thing to right click on it. And I, I right click on it. And only when I right click on it do I notice that above the heads of all the people that stood there is, help, help, I can't move. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. I've clicked on it. And basically what's happened is the data centers that run the instanced servers... Yeah, the, the data centers that run all the instances within the game yeah. have developed a fault. Oh. And when you try to enter an instance, your character just locks in the game and you can't move or do <laughs> anything. And I'm just stood there with these other 60 helpless souls on top of this trapdoor going, help us, <laughs> somebody bring <laughs> us food. <laughs> surely at some point when you start seeing people walk up to the trapdoor, surely you should be typing, don't click it, yeah. don't click but it. That's what everybody was doing. And we were all just stuck there not being able to do anything. So... Um, that kind of carried on and then extended and then eventually I believe they fixed that problem and I think it was it was linked to the amount of people that were that were on a server at a time and the amount of people because they've done a, a weird thing well not a weird thing they've done an interesting and sensible thing with this where they've got scalable servers so rather than having each server that's got a certain amount of resource allocated to it the servers are all kind of virtualized and the servers expand into into 
free space and expanding to, uh, to use more processing power and stuff as the population of that server rises so, to stop you from having a couple of servers that have got bugger all people on them using a load of power yeah wasted when there's a couple of really overpopulated servers that really could do with that power mm. the problem is what they didn't expect is for 170,000 people to all jump <laughs> to the game on day one i don't know what i think they thought that the game was not going to be that popular because of the failure that it was a few years ago yeah but What's happened is, I think with the sheer amount of people that were entering and exiting instances all at once, it overwhelmed the servers and they ended up crashing. So what they've now said is that they're going to expand, they're going to buy more servers, effectively. They're going to expand the data centers. The issue is that they ha they're not doing that yet. So the only fix that they can put in right now is to cap the servers to stop too many people getting on. Ah. And that that is frustrating as hell. I mean, there's been a couple of times where I've gone to log on and there's a queue. And it's gone, there are 150 people in the queue ahead of you. And I'm like, oh, I've played this fucking game before. <laughs> Fuck it. And I've gone to make a cup of tea. But the, literally, the second I've got up off my seat, I'm in. in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's the queues are really, really quick. So that wasn't a problem. The problem is what they started doing was capping the queues. And they, they started basically going, right, if there's 200 people in the queue, we're not going to let anybody else join the queue. So if there's already too many people in the queue and you try to join the game, it just comes up and says, this get the server is full, you can't join. Right. And you oh. don't even get the opportunity to queue or anything, and it's like very so frustrating. Smashing F five, trying to wait <laughs> to get anyone. It was just, it's just annoying. So I mean, so the last couple of days I've been on, and I've just been on and potted around, and I'm not noticing any problems or bugs, and it's letting me on straight away. And I had to queue. I think it was in like position twenty in the queue the other day, and it took me all of about fifteen seconds to get in. So from that point of view, they've sorted it out. I think they've pretty much every game has got teething issues when they go into it. Oh, I think. Definitely. I think more they more were, most. yeah, and I think I, I genuinely think that they were shocked at the amount of people that were interested in playing this game, but the content and most of all the dialogue in it, it's it's a bit different in terms of it's not different in terms of MMOs, but I was kind of expecting it to be fully voiced, which might be wrong of me and, and a bit presumptuous because WoW isn't. In fact, most MMOs aren't fully voiced. Yeah. But I, for whatever reason, I was expecting this to be. But it isn't. It's all text. You've got to read all the quests and everything. Mm. But some of the dialogue is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's just... And I also, I wasn't... it Because it's a Final Fantasy game, I wasn't expecting it to be, you know, adult-themed. Yeah. But, I, like, the first person I walk up to... Uh, to get a quest off, literally looks at me and goes, hey, you look like a bag of shit. Where have you come from? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, who, who are you talking to? <laughs> and they will frequently say things like, everything's gone a little bit buggered, Zebwen. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're, I'm not going to lie, we have stuffed a paddle right up our asses here. <laughs> and it, that's the kind of dialogue that you get. And I think, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> and because of the story and everything, I actually find myself compelled to read the dialogue and read the stuff. And they've done an interesting thing where in almost every quest log that you get when it's giving you kind of the information of what to do in the quest rather than going oh yeah i need some fucking rabbits you bugger off there and shift some rabbits and then bring me back their legs um it actually kind of gives you a little bit of history of the land that you're in so it gives you a little bit of lore built into it not too much that you don't want to read it but just a little bit so you learn a bit more about the world or the area that you're in and i really like that <laughs> what the hell <laughs> Paranormal Podcast 3. <laughs> I just, look, I'm in the conservatory and there's a window looking into the kitchen. Right? <laughs> I heard all of that clamour. I looked through the window. My wife is just like meerkatting up above the workshop. <laughs> her mouth open going, um... <laughs> yeah, so there's just loads of really good dialogue. Lots of extremely good artwork. 
just everything you'd expect from Final Fantasy in an MMO. One thing that I found really interesting as well is you normally, because it's first name and second name. Yeah. You, so instead of just picking one character name, you pick a first name and a surname for your character. Normally, you'd see like you know a load of big titties or <laughs> you know ass hair flicker and stuff like that. Yeah. But actually, the major- there are some of those, but the majority of people take kind of role play kind of names. And actually, when you go to register your name, when you talk to this NPC, um, it's uh, the NPC actually says, um, "Can you tell me your name?" Make sure before you write your name down on this piece of paper that you remember that there is a place reserved in the seventh level of hell for people who use, <laughs> for people who use amusing names. <laughs> um, so they try and encourage everybody to kind of get into it, get into the, the kind of... Our Feel and swing yeah. of it early. Yeah. <laughs> so if you actually read everything, and there's a lot of times as well where the NPCs will, will say, right, I need you to go here. So you're going to need to go west until you see this landmark, and then you turn east. And then you go up there. And again, that's another thing that I really like because I am fed up of just running up to a quest guy going, click, 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 click. I can't be asked to read any of that. Yeah. I'm going to get a lovely, obvious, big blob on my map that's going to tell me exactly where I need to be going and I'm just going to go there. I want- oh, so they don't do that in this one. It, there, is, there is some of that because you do get areas to go to and things. But certainly in the cities, you get actual directions. You get given directions of where you need to go and who you need to meet and things like that. So it's, I don't know, I just like it. I like, it's, it's kind of gone back to grassroots of MMOs a little bit for me, and I, I think it's really good. The other thing is it's quite complex, and they've eradicated a few things that piss me off in MMOs. Yeah. Like, there's no need for ulting at all in this. There's no need to make multiple characters, because okay. you you level, you, so you, let's go, oh, I like the look of an archer. I want to make myself an archer. So you level your archer up, and around about level 10 or 11, your guildmaster goes, you're doing really well. I'm really pleased with your progress. I now give you leave to join other guilds. So you go, all right, well, what's that all about? So you go off and you can talk to, let's say, the gladiator guildmaster and go, I want to be a gladiator now. And he'll go, all right, no fucking worries, son. You put that poncy bow down and I'm going to give you one of these sharp pointy things. <laughs> and basically, all you need to do is put your bow away and equip a sword. Oh, and you, cool. become a gl- you become a gladiator. Wow, you become that's a- actually quite good. Nice, but you yeah. become a level one gladiator. Right. Right. So off you go then, you do a bit more leveling, do a bit more questing and kill some more monsters and you get up to like level 11 gladiator. At any point, you can put away your sword and pull your bow out again and you become your level 11 or level 12 or whatever it is archer again. Oh, really? That's so you're leveling, you're leveling up proficiencies in different combat styles effectively. Yeah. Yeah? That idea I like. So you can be that like I a really like. You can be like a level five gladiator, or a, and a level fifteen archer, and a level thirty something else. The greatest thing about all of this is, as you're leveling up, every I think it's ten levels, you get given a cross class slot, which effectively means that you can equip a skill from one of your other classes in the class that you're currently playing. So you can be a gladiator with a couple of archer skills in there. So if you've got like a couple of trapping skills or some escaping from people skills or, you know, I'm shitting myself now, I need to run away very fast skills, you can equip those along with your class that you're playing to make like a hybrid class. Right. And then it does other things later on, like you can take two classes and you merge them together to become this job that they call it. Anyway, it can be, it gets more complex the, long, the more you get into it, but I just... They've kind of, it's the only MMO that I've seen or played in a long while that hasn't gone, wow, did really well. Mm. Let's just copy them. Yeah. yeah. 
they've gone we're we're final fantasy we're sticking to our grassroots we're we're going to look back at final fantasy 11 we're going to we're going to realize the kind of mistakes that we made with that but we're going to realize also that we we did do a lot of things very well and we're going to expand on that rather than just trying to make a wow carbon copy and obviously a lot of people agree with me because it's had an overwhelmingly positive response yeah Okay, cool. uh, we need to move on to the news, but uh, quickly before we do that, Ciro, give me a review of Saints Row 4 in 10 words or less. Very fucked up, superpowers, awesome game, super multiplayer. I didn't count, How many words was that? I didn't count the words, but it sounds Very good. That was 10 words. He's a, he's a professional. <laughs> no, that's a just fucking look, actually. That's just a, cheerful looking now. He's one. a professional counter. He's excellent with fingers. Barred from casinos all around Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can you just imagine Sarai sat, like, counting cards on his fingers? <laughs> See, what? people have compared me to the Rain Man, but not in the good way. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to the news. Um, I'm going to kick it off with uh, some Saints Row 4 news. Um, on PC, the PC version of Saints Row 4 has tripled the first week sales that Saints Row 3 did on PC. Wow. So that's, uh, and it's also sold more than a million units in its first week as well, which is very good. But um, I'm, I'm very impressed with the, the fact that it's tripled the PC sales. There's no that's word on the actual sorry. sales, but it's that's good for the industry. I've got to be totally honest, right? Saints, Saints Row 1, certainly. And Saints Row 2, I never even saw Saints Row 2. I didn't even know, like, I didn't even know it was coming out. Saints Row 3 became a bit bigger, but did you see any posters for it? Like, yeah. I never went... I didn't. I really didn't. Saints Row 4, every... I mean, granted, there's not very many game stores in my, uh, in my area now, but the ones that I go past have got big Saints Row 4 posters and with release dates and all the rest of it. It looks like it's really being pushed as a AAA game, whereas the, the previous games, kind of, for me at least, flew under the radar. Mm. No, I don't so, know. I really love Saints Row 2. I thought, at one point, I really thought Saints Row 2 was a pinnacle of it. Saints Row 3, it took me a while to bridge the gap between, they really don't give a flying fuck anymore. <laughs> They've really got don't. big dildo weaponry, fucked up Genki stuff going on here. It's like a Japanese porn hentai thing took over. I was like, okay. And I adjusted to it eventually with some beatings <laughs> but it was fantastic when you get the you sort of realize they don't care they're making a fun game not a serious game although there is fucking serious elements in there but they're making a game that's really fun and fucked up to play yeah and once you can grasp that it was great and they've done that and more yeah well i think i think that's another before. thing because I've, open world games have become increasingly serious and the open world kind of um, superpower style games, so you're looking at Prototype and um, Infamous and stuff like that, have got a very serious undertone to them. In mm. fact, I can't think of one that is nowadays not serious. They're all got like a very serious storyline and they've got very yeah, serious I'll people. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And, the, uh, and this is probably the first one that I've heard of that is, is big, open world, crazy, jumping around, flying around, and it just doesn't give a shit. It's yeah. just kind of like completely off-the-wall batshit crazy. Right, I, think I have a challenge to anybody playing this game, and you cannot sue me, you cannot <laughs> blame me for this. If you do accept this, you do it on your own bat. But take a shot for every game tip of the hat or... Or game cliche that is done within the first hour of that game, <laughs> you will need a transplant. <laughs> <laughs> it is fucking great. There are so many tips of the hat they blatantly steal from so many games. It's beautiful. 
It's I, so fun to play. I saw a great, great screenshot that kind of epitomizes this. Where there was a screenshot of um, kind of like a, a choice that you get given, and I think you're, I think this guy's a politician oh, or I something. Know this one. Yeah, and you've got like a choice, and it basically this politician's been being a complete dickhead. So you get two options: punch the dickhead, or punch the dickhead in the head. So those are your two. Those are supposed to be your like good option and bad option. Yeah, punch That's... the dick in the head and punch the dickhead. All right, is that it? Is that what it yeah. is? And th- that, those are the two options that you get, and it's like th- the only reason for that to be there is comic value, and I do quite enjoy that. Uh, I've got it. It's just. You should play the star for the first hour. You're in stitches. Uh, but the well, the fact that it's selling so many more on PC, that's a that's a good thing. That's it. it. Yeah, so I'm really surprised by that. I didn't know the pickup would be kind of that big on the PC, but I'm glad to see it. Was there an offer on on the PC? Is that is that why so many people have bought it, or is it as we thought? And PC gaming is is. I think it's growing. PC gaming is growing, but this always happens. People always, people always go. This is the age of the PC gamer. <laughs> I mean, I've been PC gamer for years, but at the end of a console generation, people don't, people aren't going to buy. They don't want. They're trading in their consoles. So there's a lot of people now that have traded their Xboxes in because they're saving the money and they want to yeah. sell the Xbox now while it's worth something still, and they're going to keep yeah. keep that that pool of money and to one side ready for when the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4 comes out. Now, so they can't buy games on a console because they don't have one, or they yeah. don't want to buy games on the console because they just have to trade them in or whatever. So people are buying PC games. And also, as the consoles were getting outdated and as the graphics on the consoles, consoles weren't necessarily that great anymore, people were going, well, I'm just going to get this game on PC. And that, that tends to happen at the end of every console generation. I think it's going to probably die off a little bit once the new consoles come out. Yeah. Especially if people are spending four hundred plus pounds on a new console, they're going to feel compelled to buy the games for it. <laughs> yeah, true. I've got a question for you, as like the resident PC gamer. How much are you currently laughing at our console monkeys at the moment? <laughs> How do you mean? With all the console monkeys currently going, oh PlayStation Four, oh fucking free um, X Bone. This is better. <laughs> that one's better. As a sort of master race, as you like to call it. I'm not sure you people laughing. I've never us. called this a master race. Actually, I'm, I think I'm, on one of the podcasts you actually did. I, I'm sure I didn't say those words. Specifically. I'm going to find it now. <laughs> yeah. um, I, well, I'm a, do you know what? I'm kind of a console guy as well, so I do understand. I do yeah. get. Um, but at the same time, I do. I do kind of wish that PCs weren't such a dark art. Mm. I do wish that, that somebody had come up... And you know what? I, I'm going to say it because... And I wish, I'm going to wish that I hadn't said this, but it needs, it needs Apple. PC gaming... <laughs> PC gaming needs Apple. PC gaming is not accessible at the moment. You've got driver problems. You've got issues... You know, you've got bugs. You've got blue screens. You've got different components not functioning properly together. You've got the requirement to up grade you've got loads of other stuff running on the machine at the same time like windows you've got potential for viruses it's a dark art and there's a lot of people that are too scared to do it they certainly don't want to sink a load of money into it knowing that they're going to have to spend loads of time fixing it Mm. so people just go for consoles now if somebody just sold pcs that were right this is the pc there's no components to it it's just a pc yeah this is pc1 there you go there's pc1 every pc1 is identical it's effectively a console but it's a pc and it runs windows or whatever it is i think people would then buy into it and this looks to me exactly what steam are going to be doing with the steam box yeah because it's just going to be a pc yeah the problem is that it's going to be running linux 
So it's, you know, you're going to be limited with the kind of games that you're going to be able to play. But I genuinely think that if somebody really stood up and went, right, we are going to unify PCs. We're going to make it very, very simple. And the reason I said Apple is because they're experts at making things simple for dumbasses. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. We see a market of people that are too scared to do something on their own because they have the IQ of a flip-flop. And they... Um, I'm going to get so slammed for this. <laughs> And uh, and they bring out. I'm already posting this on the Apple forums. <laughs> and they bring they bring out a device that simplifies everything for everybody. It's still kind of feature rich, um, but everybody can use it. And that's exactly what they did with the iPhone. It's what they did with Apple TV. It's what they've done with Macs in general. And it's worked really well. I think if they did that with gaming and just went, there's no fucking around. You don't have to piss around with your drivers or anything like that. It's just gonna work. Then I think people a lot more people would be involved in PC gaming. But Fair enough. It's, it's not going to happen. All right, let's give us some uh, Ouya news. Ouya news? Yeah. All right, go on. Um, this is the first major title that I've heard about, uh, with, associated with Ouya, but The Walking Dead, the full first season and 400 Days of Walking Dead is going to be coming out on Ouya. It's quite so, big. That's pretty big news, I'd say, because I would say that The Walking Dead is one of the biggest games or certainly one of the the highest impact games of the last year or so a lot of games magazines and websites gave it game of the year last year yeah so i think it, i i think this is quite big for you yeah? because it i think it lends itself very well because i'm pretty sure that there was already an android version of the first the first few episodes isn't there in fact there might i think there might be an android version of the entire thing oh really yeah, uh, I'll have to double check that. But so I don't think it's a massive stretch. I think it's that you know it was already out on Android. But what I what I believe they're doing is they're optimizing it for Ouya. So they're making sure that the textures and everything are not just shitty ones that you get on an Android phone. They're actually using power that's in Ouya and optimized for the controller and all the rest of it. But it's a, it's a big thing. I mean, fingers crossed. Certainly, if Telltale get on board with it, and this would this would kind of say that future Telltale games will be coming out on Ouya as well. Mm. You're going to be getting AAA titles on Ouya very very soon after it comes out, which is quite important, I think, and hopefully it'll lean it'll lean other people in the in the same direction. I still think Ouya is going to flop, personally, but it seems to have gone that way a little bit, to be honest. I've not heard many good things, and I'm, all I'm seeing is like the CEX stores just lined up the windows with <laughs> all the Ouyas you can secondhandly buy. Really. Yeah. I just I don't see it. I don't. The biggest the biggest reason I don't see it is I don't see a gap in the market. I don't see a gap in the market for a, for a new year console. People don't understand what it is. They don't get it. They go Android. That's what you get on your phone, isn't it? Why do I, why do I want that? Yeah. I don't. I I don't see it. I don't see the point in it. I I don't know. It <laughs> might it might excite some other people, but for me, I just I just don't get it. I don't see the point. Well, I'm just hoping the Rift doesn't go the same way. The, oh, the Oculus. Well, yeah. we can talk about we can talk about all this in a bit. Don't give it away, <laughs> Zero. Don't give it away. Um, I've got another I've got another piece of news. Can I can I do this? Yeah, shoot. This is a big one. I think personally, this is a big one. So being a PC player and being a an MMO player, Bethesda have gone to Microsoft and said, "We we're bringing out Elder Scrolls Online, and we're going to be bringing out Elder Scrolls Online, which is our latest MMO based on the Elder Scrolls series on." On Xbox. Yeah. It's coming out on Xbox. We do not want there to be a requirement for people to have Xbox Live Gold to play this game. Get rid of it. So they're basically saying to Microsoft, we want people to play this game without having to pay for Xbox Live Gold because that's stupid because there is a subscription fee attached to the game itself and they don't want people to be to feel obliged to pay the subscription fee for Xbox Live Gold and the subscription fee for their game. So That I agree with. 
Yeah, well, I completely agree with it. Xbox Live Gold 100%. subscription. Xbox Live Gold subscription makes no. It's never made sense. But having it to play online originally, saying, okay, look, we're going to charge you to play online because we're hosting the service, we're making sure that the service works correctly, we're making sure that everything's nice and stable. Okay, great. But the majority of games nowadays are, are like intelligently hosted cross consoles. There's yeah. not, they're not using these servers that supposedly we're paying for. And at the same time, and I've argued about this before, but why the fuck do you have to have Xbox Live Gold to use Internet Explorer on your Xbox and fucking view YouTube on your Xbox? That... It's not costing Microsoft anything for you to do these things. So why are they charging you to do it? It doesn't make any sense. I, I think PlayStation's approach to gamer, it. And I completely agree with this. The fact is, the, that sort of manipulating the market saying, okay, you have all these free things you can normally have, but if you want to use them here, bend over. It doesn't, especially since they're wanting to become this kind of unified home entertainment center but you've got to pay your 5.99 a month or whatever to do it that doesn't make any sense to me i think playstation's approach to a subscription model makes way more sense i'm much more i i'm much happier to pay for playstation's subscription model not because i'm being forced to but because it delivers great content yeah the way it should be that's exactly what I want to do. So, yeah, I think that's really big news. And I think, you know how every now and again you get this really important court case, mm. which kind of goes, you know, this little granny slipped over in a supermarket. <laughs> and uh, and if she wins the court case, then that opens it up for every little granny that's, uh, that's got squeaky <laughs> shoes to fall over in supermarkets yeah. and they all win money. I'm kind of hoping that that happens with this. I'm kind of hoping that Bethesda managed to push this forwards. I mean, it's a big name. It's not like a little... T- and it's know, a, a very anticipated title as well. Yeah, it's a big name. It's, a, it's an important title. And if they can get Microsoft to agree to this, it may very well open the door for other games to do a similar thing. To say, look, you're, Microsoft, you're not hosting our servers. We're hosting the M- these MMO servers. Yeah, you're not doing anything, you are, really. You, yeah, you're not providing anything. You're not providing any, any added content. We're not using your store. We're not doing it, you know, why, why would people have to pay for this? So I'm hoping that they manage to push this forwards, and I'm hoping that, um, that, they, that, they, that Microsoft let them do it and that it will allow everybody to do a similar thing. Because certainly for MMOs, it's a, mo- it's a very important thing for me. Uh, what well, they, well, they've tried to do this before, not Bethesda. Um, who makes Fantasy Star? Any idea? Oh, that's Sega's one, isn't it? Yeah, that had a subscription. Fantasy Star Online. Yeah, that had a subscription-based. Uh, it worked on the Xbox 360, and you had to still pay for a gold membership as well. Yeah. It is a bit of a piss take, Fan- It's a fantastic game, but just, I, I just don't like the whole double subscription. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, it is a bit of a piss take. Um, Sarah, you got some news about Sony, haven't you? Yeah, the recent one with Sony is I've got a bit of news. I've not got the, the full overall details on what exactly happens, but Sony had a huge faux pas last week. Yes. Where we've got Grand Theft Auto 5 is now gone gold, so that's all confirmed. The game is gold, it's getting pressed as we speak. Uh, all the details and files have gone out all to all the major stores, so they're all being given to Xbox, Sony, and the likes. <laughs> Yeah, Sony uploaded the music files, audio files, and a few other bits and pieces, which people managed to get a hold of. <laughs> and so they had the full track listing for all the music, which could be in Grand Theft Auto V, which is a big leak. Secondly, the radio audio apparently gives away the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it normally so, leads to storyline, doesn't it? And well, exactly. talk radio. So the talk radio apparently even con- contains the ending, so anyone listening, try to fucking avoid that. <laughs> but the files and music is out there, all the stars have done the recordings and licensings for it. For it. 
is all out there. Sony have very much apologised to Rockstar for this, but, well, damage has been done a little here. I saw a good tweet from uh, Captain Stu72 earlier, one of our friends, that um, they should allow you to stream podcasts on one of the radio stations on there. That actually would be fucking awesome. Yeah, that would be a great idea. Good idea for us, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> I like the idea. I, I think I've spoken about this before, but they, they're planning on doing a similar thing with the DayZ standalone. Oh, really? Yeah, that lets you, well, not podcast, they're calling them radio stations, but yeah, yeah. It's gonna, you're going to be able to find, if you can find like a radio unit in the game, mm. you can you can tune in to various radio stations and they're, they're actual people talking live about the server that you're playing on. Oh, that's pretty cool. Ah. Yeah, it could be very similar to kind of, uh, what was the guy's name from um, Fallout 3? Oh. oh, oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, something pos was it? Two dogs or something? Something dog. I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah, he, it's um, yeah. You'll be able to get people. So people who are playing on the server, they can have a live radio station. And I think the idea is that people can kind of message into them and go, almost like traffic news, mm. and, and kind of go, oh, there's a you know, there's a sniper watching over Cherno. Everybody going to Cherno, be really careful. So these guys on the radio can go, we've just had news in that. There is a sniper on the North Hill from Cherno. Be very careful if you're heading over there. That kind of thing. Oh, I don't know. It won't be necessarily that 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 cheesy. But, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But there's That's... a good chance it might be. <laughs> yeah, if it's me doing it, fucking excellent <laughs> chance. But um, yeah, I like that, and I kind of like I like the idea that you'd be able to get a similar thing. I really like the idea, especially in the multiplayer, that you could almost have like a, a controller, like a, a guy whose entire job is to relay information from one person to another. Yeah. So you can control yeah, your gang. Yeah, so you can control your gang and kind of tell them where they need to go and stuff like that. I think that I don't think they've done that, but I think it'd be quite a cool, cool little idea. Yeah, definitely. Well, the thing is with the commander style gameplay, you know, it's coming out with Battlefield Three and a few other ones. You know, that's going to be really fantastic. So if we yeah. take that mentality and that sort of thing, put it on tablets and run it through, yeah, it could still happen. Yeah, it could be. It could be very cool. Any more news? I got nothing. Sarah? No, I think I'm clean. Cool. That's all for me then. Let's go on to the top three. Okay, we had a slight change at uh, the last second for this week's podcast was because uh, Elle was supposed to join us, but she's in Disneyland. Um, we did know this. <laughs> it wasn't like a surprise. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I can't come. I accidentally ended up in Disneyland. Yes. but um, was supposed to be our foreign correspondent, but unfortunately, <laughs> so she decided to try and sit. Like, we, we were expecting her to sit in the hotel room or something, which admittedly is a little bit boring, but no. She called us on Skype. She was smack, sat smack. I'm pretty sure she was smack, sat on the Mickey's lap. <laughs> in the middle of the Because she was just like, we could hear Magic Kingdom, we could hear trains, we could hear kids running around. Yeah. That, that, that wouldn't have worked, necessarily. So, um, her top three that she's uh, rightly going to do, she'll be doing that on the next podcast. So, I'm going to do one, which I've thought of on the spot this week. Oh. Uh, so, gentlemen, I want your top three things that video games do better than any other art form. Oh, but, but, wow. But the art forms I'm considering, uh, books, movies, and TV. So what do video games do better than those three things? Oh, e- easily. Who's, who's, well, who's starting? <laughs> Ciro, Ciro's got one. Oh, no, I've got one. He's going to use mine. Okay, go. Go, Ciro. Go, go on, Ciro, you go first. Easily. This is something that the comedian Daryl Brain brought up very poignantly. You know, you can read a book, and it's not going to stop you doing so. You can listen to music, and it will not stop you too. But games 
will stop you proceeding further if you're shit. <laughs> There's no other medium in the world that so says... punishes you for being poor at it. Exactly. So you're not going to read a book. And this is almost quote to quote for what Daryl Brain says. You're not reading a book and at the end of the, the first chapter, Slam Show goes, right, tell me the main themes. <laughs> or listening to a music album that goes, dance for me. <laughs> dance. Yeah. Ow. No, you now have to but, push a series of buttons on your iPad to proceed. Yeah, it's, but it's, he raised very clearly. It's like you buy it, go out, you buy Guitar Hero, in it, but you don't get access to all the songs that you've bought and unlocked with your credit card. <laughs> no, you must be sitting playing all the shitty songs first. <laughs> yeah. I like no... the idea of this. I like yeah. the idea of buying an album that you have to level up on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dan's for the album, you have, boy. You have to learn the lyrics and sing along to it. And then if you like, if you get all the words right on one song, it unlocks the next track. <laughs> See, and the, for that, and for that interaction with people, you don't get it in any other medium. I like it. I do have one thing that if anyone says they're going to instantly win this. But um, oh, ah. <laughs> this is how I do top threes. Fine. Uh, Rich, what's your first one? Playing with, with other people. Okay. Playing with playing cooperatively or playing online or you know having people on the same screen. You cannot read a book with four other people sat on the sofa. <laughs> yeah, it's just not going to happen. I mean, you can fucking try. Yeah. Uh, but you know, sooner or later, people are going to start to fidget. They're going to want to lick the page. It's just going to go a bit wrong. So yeah, you can play with other people in games. You can watch movies with people, but it kind of ruins the movie if you start bantering with each other halfway through. Whereas if you've got a game and you're kind of joshing each other and you're all shooting each other and stuff, it lends itself to it. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's going to be my first one. I always tell Playing my wife to shut up when she's talking during a film. Yeah, I tell my wife <laughs> to shut up when she's talking. Sir, <laughs> uh, so what's your second? Tactile feedback. Oh, okay. Now, like books, movies, medium. Okay, 3D to an extent, you know, you get a bit of immersion there, but... Any other game, like, you take your action games, you pull the trigger, you feel the vibration as that shot goes off. You feel the rumble pad, the restrictions, movements, the ability to move fast and slow just by the slightest little press all comes from the game pads. Now, let's take on to the Wii U, the Wii stuff. You've got audio coming through your hand. You know, the phone goes off in the game. You hear the phone in your hand. You look at the screen. You're having an interaction. It's not coming from the screen, but coming from various parts. The sound can change. All feedback can be varied on gaming. That's a good, that's a good choice. Cool. Uh, Rich, your second. Uh, designing your own game. So I, games have got. You don't have to play games in the same way. You don't have to. You know, you, there's usually multiple routes to take. There's different ways that you can play. You can be stealthy. You can be aggressive. You can go through all the dialogue options. You can decide you like somebody or don't like somebody. Walking Dead's a great example of this, where you can completely make your own decisions. You don't get this with a book unless you're playing one of those awesome books that goes turn to page 15 if you want to stab <laughs> her in the neck or something like that. I love those books. But um, and it, it, a book is linear. A um, a movie is definitely linear. Games can be linear but if you look at something like uh, the last of us it's a linear storyline it's a linear game but the way that you play it and the way that you interact with people and the way you decide to take out bad guys you can be stealthy you can be aggressive you can be a mixture of the two mm. you can use you know it, the, it brings you into the game it brings you into the interactivity and it, it makes the medium much more appealing and much more immersive so you can almost like, step outside of the overall narrative of the game and do yeah, do things. entirely your own thing. And with a, especially, I mean, there's a lot of games, especially MMOs and stuff. You are creating your own universe. You're creating your own world, your own way of playing. You're you're meeting people. You're having your friends in with it, and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. You're creating your own experience rather than sitting there and absorbing one that somebody else has made for you. 
That's a very I good do like the idea of having the multiple replay value even myself. I would have loved to have thought of that one. Yeah, I've played like the Fallout games multiple times and never ever had the same story the whole way through. It's changed every yeah, time. That's exactly it. And you, you watch a movie, it's ex- it's exactly the same every time you watch it. Yeah. All right? like, you might get the director's cut and you might get special features and stuff, but if you play a game through twice or three times, it's going to be different. Mm. So, so very good choice. No one's hit my instant win one yet, but you've both got, come about to. You've both got oh, one chance no. left. Zero, what's your last one? Achievements. <laughs> oh, you. That's not my instant win, but that's a very good but choice. <laughs> there's no. Like I said, if we go for mediums, that other people think, there's no reward in any other way apart from, you know, closing the book at end, having that wanker's remorse when you finish up, come to <laughs> I, the end of the book. I am going to jump in here, yeah, uh, yep. in, in a battle style way. <laughs> I read on a Kobo, and I read using the Kobo app. On my on my phone or tablet, right. and I've got a Kobo device as well. You get achievements. Oh, really? Yeah, but that's on a phone. Wait. This is no, no, no. Or, or on the Kobo, or on the Kobo app, or on the or on the PC. You get achievements for reading. Also, um, there are loads of TV services where you can check in and say, "Yeah, I'm I'm watching this program and stuff like that." You get achievements for those as well. And the new Xbox One, you're going to get achievements for watching TV too. Okay. Granted that you can get achievements on those, can any of those other mediums compare it with a friends list to see who's got better scores? Uh, yeah. Ah, oh, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can compare on Kobo, you can compare on... Oh, well, you will be able to compare on uh, Xbox. You can compare... I can't remember the name of these the are these, these are not old medium. These are... We're, we're talking about what computers do better. You're bringing computers into it. <laughs> I must admit, I would, I would... Well, it's all technology, isn't it? But it's not... We well, use, a book is not technology. A book is... It is if you're reading it on a Kobo, but he said <laughs> mediums. He said mediums. He didn't say technology. Not for mediums, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying... I'm just saying achievements permeating all over the place at the moment and uh, you do you do get them in, in the other mediums as well. Yeah, well, they started in games. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for games, it wouldn't be there. Okay, Rich, what's your... That's my third one. I'm sticking with it. What's your third and final one then, Rich? I, was, I don't know. I was busy arguing. I didn't think of one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, I am going to say that games are the only medium that merge all the other mediums. Okay, right. Yeah. So you've got you've got cinematic cut sequences. You have got um, you, you know you've got very very cinematic film style elements in a lot of games where you don't get to interact with Objection. them. Objection. What? <laughs> VAs have been around for last what fifteen twenty years. VAs. Visual novels. Visual. You know, VN, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but it's, vis- not, it's not everything. What I'm saying is, you play games, you pick up books, for example. Let's say yeah. you're playing The Elder Scrolls. Yeah, you pick yeah. up books in the game, and they contain self-contained stories, and some of them can be quite long. I've, and you, yeah, granted that you read these self-contained stories, and it's in the game. So you're playing a game, but you're also reading a book within the game. So you've got the, you know, you've got your kind of written page medium in there. You've got movies and cutscenes that can be affected by the game that you're playing, or they can just be a very long cinematic cutscene that's that's designed to drive the story forwards. It brings it all into one place. So but, it's kind of all the mediums mixed into one. But then you take the visual novels, which are the exact opposite, but in parallel, you've got visual novels where you read through, and halfway through, they'll show you a cutscene of what's kind of happening in the, the book you're reading. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. But you don't get interactivity in visual novels. You don't get... Do you know what I mean? It's not... There is a couple of aspects of it in there, but it's not every aspect. But you do get interaction if you're playing one of the, the like zombie books turned to page 14 where you actually have to physically click on an iPad or such or using modern mediums to proceed to the next one. So there is your interaction. 
Yeah, but you don't get the you don't get music. You don't get music with that. You don't get the, the do. page. <laughs> you don't get the written. Pa- I'm talking everything. I'm talking music, video, interactivity, and written page all in one place. You do. That's what visual novels are. Shut up. <laughs> you've, right. got the Dick- you've got the Frankenstein books. You've got the Dickens books. They're called e-books. They're all over the place now. Right, so it's got videos in Sorry, it. Sorry, they've actually termed the phrase books, video books. Well, I'm, I'm saying that your, your point is invalid because that sounds stupid. <laughs> so hang on. So they're video. I've not- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I heard about this. They're videos. They're yeah. books. You can interact with them. Yep. As in, you can choose your own story path and stuff in them. Yeah. And that's just a game, isn't it? <laughs> this is just a game. You're saying you're you're arguing against games being an all-encompassing medium by saying, ah, yes, but there's also games that are an all-encompassing medium. You don't need a control pad. You can use. Oh, what? <laughs> Connect. Yeah. I said it's zero. <laughs> I'm swinging wild. He's <laughs> going down fighting this week. All right. Oh, yeah. It's my I last objected. one. God damn it! I got away. It's because I objected to the uh, oh, to the, the achievements. achievements. All right. It's my last fucking one. I got it. When I've only won one of these fucking things in eleven episodes. All right. My instant win one was value. Yeah. I, All right. I bought Football Manager for twenty four ninety nine last year, and I've paid over three hundred hours of it. Yeah. I paid thirty quid for a cinema, to two cinema tickets the other week, and I was, it was over in two hours, and it was shit. Should have thought about that. Uh, <laughs> have you never like on going against that one? But have you never like picked up a, a a raggedy book at a book sale, and it's touched you so deeply that you will keep it the rest of your life? Books, yeah. Books yeah, but I'll maybe read it once or twice. Yeah, well, this is the thing because books because books don't change. Yeah, it's yeah. the same every time you read it. Whereas a game, every time you play it, it's probably going to be different. Then you get your replayability, you get way more hours out of it, and all the rest of it. Yeah. So yeah, no, I completely agree with that. We should have thought about that. <laughs> so that was my instant win. Um, as far as your choices go, they're, they're all very good. Uh, but I'm going to have to give it to Zero. It's his last show. Yeah! <laughs> hang on now. Don't give him the sympathy vote. Don't Hell yeah, I'm take. I'll take the sympathy no, vote. Last time, I'll take the sympathy vote this <laughs> time. Now. Break this down. Come on. I want you to break it down and score them. I think it's, it's simple. It's, the breakdown is I win. No, that's not, that's not the, if you win, I might break down. I think the, <laughs> the, the thing that won it for him was his very first answer. Being shit. You, if you're shit. Yeah. <laughs> if you're shit at a game, you can't carry on. It's, it's, it's the only medium that punishes you. Yeah. But but then if you're not very good at reading. But then there's, there's certain books to play. Uh, to read, sorry. If uh... Well, certain games to play. You can play My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, go on, I'm going to let Zero win, and I'm going to. I'm just going to agree that it was just a sympathy win, and we'll move on. Yeah, let's see what happens in the next battle. See who wins that oh, one. Oh, right, I see. Right now, this is where you're going to get me, is it? Uh, we'll move on to our next segment right after this little break. Break. Hey guys, hope you're having a good time listening to the podcast. Um, we want to ask you to go and rate and review us on iTunes. If you could leave us a five-star review, um, five-star rate, and leave a little review, and we'll read it out on the podcast next time. Uh, also, while you're on iTunes, check out my football podcast, Man on the Post, and my wrestling podcast, Ring the Bell. Uh, that's all my plug-in, so now we'll get back to the podcast. Right, we're going to introduce a new segment now. Um, we're going to do our very own Ready Player 2 Hall of Fame slash shame. Um, so our first game that's going to go into our Hall of Fame is going to be introduced by Rich, and me and Ciro are going to have to decide if we allow it in. So, Rich... We have to admit my game into the Hall of Fame. We do. Yep, you've got to get past us. We have to unlock the door and let like, it in. That sounds like it could be a jingle. <laughs> Right, so the game that I'm going to attempt to admit, the first game that I'm going to attempt to admit, I was going to go obscure, I was going to go something a bit weird or some like kind of my quirky tastes, but I'm not going to because I've just finished playing this game. I think it's excellent and it completely deserves to go into the Hall of Fame and it's it's recent and new. So I'm going to go with Last of Us. For all, all, right. the reasons, all the reasons that I've mentioned previously, it is an incredible game that I think everybody should play. Forget about the fact that it's linear, forget about the fact that it doesn't have multiple endings, it is a piece of... I don't want to say a piece of art, but it, it is. It is something that is is completely fully fledged. It really it touches you in all the right places. Unlike your uncle Kevin, it um it has it's got a brilliant atmosphere, excellent music. The graphics, genuinely, I didn't think this current generation of consoles could pull pull off those graphics. But it looks incredible. It sounds brilliant. The dialogue is amazing. The characters are really well imagined. You you know, you kind of hate and love the characters in equal measure, a lot of them. They've got genuine concerns and genuine problems. It drives the story forward in all the right places and has a good amount of combat in all the right places. It's just an extremely well-crafted game. So, yeah, that that is what I'm putting forward to you guys. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll go for the devil's advocate. That's really recent... Do you really think that it's going to hold the st- stand the test of time? Yes, I genuinely think it does. In the same way that something like Fallout 3. I mean, Fallout 3 is, is a lot more open-ended, I'll give you that. But, I mean, it's got a single ending. It's it's just, I don't know. I, ju- I honestly think that it is one of the best games that I've ever played. And I would probably go as far as to say it's, one of, it's the best single-player game that I've ever played. And that is a big, big thing for me because I, I'm, I'm well into my single-player games. Yeah. I just, I genuinely think that it really, really stands up to almost every bit of scrutiny that you can give to it, and I think it's amazing. If you had to pick it's one, very linear though, isn't it? It's what, sorry? Isn't it very linear? It is extremely linear, but I don't, I, I think that plays to its strengths because it's made, it's made by Naughty Dog, which is the same people that made the Uncharted series, and the Uncharted series are very similar. But I think it's a case of polishing what you've got rather than giving the player so much flexibility that you kind of run out of the ability to polish everything mm. i think that's you know, a very good point in its favor actually i can definitely agree with that so 
I think it's just they just wanted to create this extraordinarily well-crafted experience. Yes, it's linear, but the way that you get to play it through the game is entirely your own choice. You get to be stealthy, you get to upgrade whatever weapons you want to upgrade, you get to explore or not explore depending on what you want to do. You can spend time enjoying the scenery and the world, or you can just skip by it entirely. The way that you play it is different, but yes, the storyline is linear and you end up at the same place every time, but genuinely that doesn't matter for me. Okay, well, if you had to pick one thing as the, the, the best thing about that game, what would you choose? Uh, the characters. Yeah? I would say the characters. And, and everything about the characters, their interaction with each other, their flaws, and they are genuinely flawed. There's, there's, there's no, like... There are heroes, there are obvious good guys in this. Yeah. But they do things that, you know... <laughs> And not nice, and not even in a in a like noble or heroic way. There's a couple of times where where somebody would lit- literally break down, or somebody will just get on their nerves, and they'll do something nasty, and it's just because they are flawed characters. Yeah, and it works brilliantly. Okay, um, is there any any downsides to the game for you at all? Um, <sighs> I, I assume from the silence. Come on, there's, there's no. got to be at least one. <laughs> I'm thinking there's got to be at least one. It's got to be simple. Okay, I've got I've got one I, I, that I will... kind of did annoy me a little bit about it. There's a lot of collision detection. It was a little bit weird, especially when you're swimming. Uh, do you know what? I didn't really have that. It was I a, had that the, bit the of swimming. Problem. The swimming was a bit difficult. It was a little bit clunky. I will admit, but I didn't I didn't find that too much of a problem. I think my biggest issue sometimes is with the and this is the only time I had this problem. But in combat, the camera angles. And I think it's supposedly, I think it's probably done this way specifically because it's a high, you know, it's a high intensity situation. You don't necessarily know what's going on. But I wanted to swing like my machete at somebody or a zombie and kill them and then immediately hit like backwards and swing in the other direction to kill a guy that I know is behind me. And it won't do that. The game mechanics will just not allow you to do that. You have to swing at the guy in front of you, then turn your character to face the other one and then swing at them. Right. But. I think that's probably the only thing that annoyed me. And to be honest, a lot of the time, if you get yourself in a situation where you're being run out by a ton of zombies, you're pretty much screwed anyway. <laughs> so, I don't know. The, there were probably a couple of bits in the game that did annoy me a little bit. The, I think... All right, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I will say. Conveniently placed cover. Right, yeah, that I've heard is, this. That is probably the only possibly immersion-breaking thing in the game. There are times where it's like cars, and it's an area that's just got a load of wrecked cars or something like that. But then every now and again, you'll run through an area like a hospital or something like that, and there will just be like staggered, um, like, I don't know, vending machines knocked over or something like that. And you're not fighting anybody at this point, but you can't help but run past and think, I'm going to fight here later. <laughs> because you know, because that's, you, you know, the whole kind of staggered approach so you can gradually move forwards from cover to cover. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of that. And that is probably the only part of the game that I thought looked artificial. You could tell that it had been put there for the purpose of driving the combat. Right, yeah. Okay. That's my only thought. Any other questions, Sarah? No, I've got nothing from us. I think I'm quite happy with that, actually. Are we going to allow this into the Hall of Fame? Is it a yes from you? It's a yes from me. Excellent. Uh, it's a yes from me as well. Yes. We have our first entrant in the Hall of Fame. Cool. If you agree or disagree with me, let us know on Twitter or Facebook, or just shut your face if you disagree, to be honest. Yes, using the hashtag RP2HOF. What? <laughs> Way too many letters. <laughs> RP2H... I'm not going to remember that. RP2HOF. <laughs> 
RP2 Hoff? Yeah. Oh, it's an entirely RP2 different Hoff, feature. Yeah. <laughs> this is a different feature. Oh, we've got, to, we've got to get the Hoff in on something. And now for the uh, the RP2 Hoss. Zero uh, oh, is going to bring us his first game to be entered into the Hall of Shame. Okay, if we're going to go for Hall of Shame, you know, I've, I've always said one of my biggest gaming delights was always Alone in the Dark. You know, the original, 1980, 1980-something, I can't even remember the year now. Yeah, the whole game was made out of four polygons. <laughs> exactly. It was beautiful. It was intense. Music was jerky as hell, but the frights were real. Now, that went through, you know, Alone in the Dark 1, 2, and 3. Fantastic. All looked shitty as hell, but great story. Really, that had that HP Lovecraft feel to it, you know? You had that yeah. great sense of the great unknown, and it was always just kind of lurking almost in your periphery. Then they released New Nightmare. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think, I think I can see where this is going. And New Nightmare, they try to keep the dark, edgy grittiness, you know, still hitting the mansion, but it was kind of shit. Kinda, it was bollocks. <laughs> okay, it was bollocks. But then the steaming pile is what came next. I was mm-hmm. so looking f- forward to this, you know, the fire physics, they announced it looked like almost a tech demo for how the fire reacted, but they released a new Alone in the Dark. Yes. I think it was, by this point, it's Alone in the Dark 5. I think and, it was just called Alone in the Dark, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was exactly. It was just called Alone in the Dark. Half me hoped there was a remake, and then it just the, all these new features and stuff. It looked gorgeous from the screenshots. I bought into this hype in a big way. I'm talking, I'm such a uh, Alone in the Dark fanboy. I just seen this, and I was like, no, no, I don't believe any of these reviews. It is awesome. <laughs> That's exactly I can what instant, I did. I can instantly tell I'm going to enjoy you this. Put it in, played it, and I sat there convincing myself that, hmm, forcing myself to blink seems really interesting and new. I like what they've did here. <laughs> really. I, oh, I oh did look, that. the building is on fire. Oh, this is so amazing how it spreads. Really, this isn't seeming very boring again. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I did that right until the very first time that I had to skip a chapter because it was fucking not working. <laughs> <sighs> That was that was it. That broke the game for me. And the game was broken already, but it took until then for me to admit it to myself. <laughs> I I struggle with this, you know. It still had that fear that you can die at any point, you know, instantly. You, your life could be over. That's it, game over. And that's what I loved about Alone in the Dark. But this was not only was this happening because you fucked up and made a mistake. This was happening because the game glitched, the camera fucked up, and you walked off a level, invisible walls, floor caved in, stuff that you couldn't avoid because the game fucked you over. Yeah, or, or that and entire was... section of game where you had to drive a taxi and the whole section was basically broken. Yes. And you couldn't oh, fucking do sake, it. Yes. And that's at or the beginning. That's in like hour three of this, you know. Yeah. At this point, I I couldn't tell myself any more lies. I had to sit there and look at my collector's edition copy that I spent oh, a good no. amount of money and just stare at this thing. Looked at a little action figure I had, took a hammer and smashed the fuck out of <laughs> Edward Carnby. How um how long did you play the game for in total? Do you think? In total, I think I, I'm I'm looking about six hours. I really went back to this again, hoping a patch update from the Inferno side had fixed it. No, it's a shattered remains of a fetid <laughs> thing that should have been aborted in the early stages of conception. I always thought I always thought that it was made by somebody who had never played any of the previous Alone in the Dark games, but had just, <laughs> see, had just seen the film. and i wanted that film to be so good and i i I like christian slater and i kind of i was like this is this this could work and then it just didn't on the (laughs) level that made my eyes bleed 
Uh, Sarah, would you recommend anyone play this game? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to experience Take the your right testicle <laughs> and staple it to your chair. <laughs> now take your right testicle and tie gut wire or dental floss around it. Attach that to a brick. Then throw said brick out a large window. And wait. <laughs> it's far too complicated. The experience from that would still be better. I love the way that you got an option between gut wire or dental floss. Just in case you don't have one at hand. Yeah. You can just like pick one or the other. I also I'm... suddenly got an image in my mind of Hitman 47 walking around <laughs> with dental floss. Minty, he has come to a minty end. <laughs> Seriously, it's like masturbating with sandpaper and a cactus. You shouldn't be fucking done. Go on then. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here. What was Go. your least favorite and most favorite feature of that game? My most favorite part of that game was seeing the title screen saying "Alone in the Dark." <laughs> And my second most exciting thing about that was seeing the screen power down when I turned it off. <laughs> what about features? There must have been something in the game that you did like. And yeah, did any of it there's work? One, there's right, I'll give it granted for one thing. They knew the game was going to be shit and complicated <laughs> and broken. So they, they included a, a, an option. Basically, at any point, if the game gets too hard, you can... Basically, treat it like a DVD and skip to next bookmark chapter. Yeah, yeah, like because if you're watching a film and you don't like the bit of the film that you're watching, you would just skip the chapter, wouldn't you? That's yeah, a exactly. normal you, thing. You don't need to That's know that. Thing. <laughs> and you can basically start a game and skip to the last chapter if you wanted to. <laughs> I have no problem letting you do this. The problem is that that was a blessing and a curse, in my opinion, because it was a stupid feature to put in. Putting that whole thing in where it goes, you can, sk you can skip this, game, this part of the game if you don't like it, or you can skip back to a previous part of the game you know, to play it again or something. That was stupid. Whoever decided to put that in needs to be castrated and then have their bollocks put in their mouth. <laughs> but um, it came with another feature kind of tacked onto it that I actually really liked, which was when you loaded up the game, it came up and did a brief previously on Alone in the Dark yeah. and showed you snippets of stuff that you had done previously, which I really liked in a similar kind of way that it does in uh, uh, every new chapter in Walking Dead. Mm. But it did it every time you loaded the game and kind of gave you a brief synopsis of stuff that's happened in the game so far. I liked that. But the, the DVD missed, skipping stuff was rubbish. Yeah, but I missed a part of previously on Alone in the Dark. You tried to climb a building and fell. You <laughs> tried to walk around and burned. You tried to do anything, it crashed. Yeah, you tried to drive a taxi and skip the chapter. So we don't really know what happened there. Yeah, all right, I'll give you that. So, all right, I'm trying to think. I, I, I like the idea of, you know, if you ever got caught out and things weren't working right, you could do it. And I thought it was a very brave attempt. The fire physics were beautiful. Yeah. And the idea of picking up kind of a leg of a chair or something to, to kind of set it on fire and move the yeah. fire around was very nice. I liked that, but That's I, it. If it, that was it, you know. I'm really <laughs> oh, well, I've got to ask this, right? So let's just say you're, yep. you're in the middle of Central Park. Yep. It's, it's night. You've got all the lighting effects and the lighting effects that are in that game were quite nice. They were, they were very beautiful. And the sound effects were very nice as well. You can hear mm. stuff going on, and you, you're exploring Central Park to get from one area to, to the other. Did that not feel like Alone in the Dark? Because I thought that it did. That was one of the only parts of the game that I genuinely thought it did, because you're out in the woods. But it, it, at that point in the game, I thought they're, they're, kind of, they're almost hitting it now. If the combat wasn't so bollocks and the characters weren't so unlikable, this actually would be, would be an, a, quite a nice section of gameplay. 
Yeah, but that's just like a polished turd because you're looking <laughs> at this and, you know, scrape away the layer and it's still a turd. You know, you're you're in Centre Park. It looks like Centre Park. It's dark. It looks dark. You hear sounds. It's very ominous. A monster creeps out and everything gets silly again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. as long as you're walking in a little circle and feeling the atmosphere, you're in a lone of dark. <laughs> Anytime the game tries to introduce anything to, you know, capitalize on that fear. It's Joke City all over again. Right, I'm done playing Devil's Advocate, and I'm just going to jump right in and say I completely agree with you. I think this yeah. game is absolutely terrible. I was, I was kind of, I was leaning in the direction of if you have never played Alone in the Dark before, and Don't if you didn't this. have, it, but, <laughs> but if you didn't have the expectations that you obviously went into the game with, and I went into the game with as well, uh, would yeah, you have yeah. enjoyed this game, or would it, would it have been a better experience? I think the, the I did that. Ex- is, I did that test. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. I really did, did that. Did you test. erase your own memory? No, so no, I had a final sunshine kind of playing games. It's got one of them men in black, the red, red eraser things. The light goes off. It wouldn't work on me. <laughs> now, I had, a, I had a friend who is a good horror fan. He's played Resident Evil, Silent Hills, but never touched in a lone dark in his existence. So I thought, right, here's an example. This is kind of survival horror game. He's got experience. He knows how to use a control pad. Bring him on. Stuck him on. He didn't even get to the fucking taxi. <laughs> the taxi killed it for me. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to say, yeah, I completely agree with you. As a gamer, I was disappointed. As an Alone in the Dark fan, I was disgusted. As a uh, as a proponent of new ideas in games, I was very disappointed that they had taken what could have potentially been a good idea and ruined it so badly that probably no other game ever will will use it again. And that was probably one of the most disappointing things for me. The whole DV, the whole treating it like a film with kind of chapters and doing the previously on and stuff like that was a really good idea, executed very poorly, and has probably now scared of the developers of doing a similar thing in a better way. So yeah, I'm inducting that. I played it for two minutes, turned it off because it was shit. So I'm inducting it as well. <laughs> Congratulations, whoever the fuck developed that game. You are the first bunch of assholes <laughs> in our in our Ready Player Two Hall of Shame. May you ever rot. <laughs> So we're going to talk about now um, something that's kind of been bugging us a little bit. It's uh, do gamers really care about the in- enhancements in technology in gaming, or do we just want to play new and good games? Pretty much. Uh, we asked this to the community, and we got a few responses. Um, Rallyboy at Rallyboy on Twitter, he said uh, he just wants to play games. It's been proven many times in the past that graphics always don't make the best games. Um, do, would we agree with that? Yeah, I'd say definitely. I, I'm, I'm going to go straight off the bat and say Final Fantasy VII. Graphically, apart from the cutscenes at the time, graphically the mid-game was quite blocking crap. Mm. Storyline and just story in general, one of the best games I've played in years. If not, yeah. one of my top five at all time. I'm going to go into this in a slightly different way. I agree. And I agree that the, ga- the games, the games are the games are the most important thing because it's the games. You can have an amazing piece of technology that has got a really shoddy game on it, or an older, poorer piece of technology that's got an amazing game on it. However, there are other pieces of technology that kind of fall by the wayside that we don't think about because we just take them for granted. So, an example is the control pad. Mm. Yeah, the hum- the humble control pad. Do we remember the days when control pads didn't have rumble packs in them? 
Do you yeah. remember the days where when the console didn't have the memory card built into it, and you had oh, to swap? Yeah. You had to swap your N64. Yeah, you had to decide whether you wanted to have a memory card plugged in or a Rumble Pack plugged in. <laughs> yeah, the, the controllers have come in leaps and bounds. And yes, while the game is the most important thing, I feel like the ergonomic design of the later control pads. If you were not counting the PlayStation Three pad, because it's just, I, I still think I, I'm now that I'm playing PlayStation Three a lot more, I have got used to it, but it's nowhere near as comfortable to use as an Xbox Three Sixty pad. Yeah, and I, the, the the ergonomic design of them and allowing you to reach all of those buttons really easily and quickly without having to look at where your hands are going and having tactile feedback and kind of slow and fast presses and all the rest of it that's really important to gameplay to be able to walk slowly by only pushing the the directional stick a little bit and stuff like that yeah that is a piece of technology that is integral to the playing of the game it's really really important but i think a lot of people don't think about that because they don't think of the pad as as technology that allows for gaming it's more obvious when you're looking at something like the wii u or even the wii yeah of course but I, I, I see those as more more kind of gimmicks but the the, the the whole the whole ergonomic design of the pad and I mean these other things like wireless. Mm. Who would have thought, you know, all the way back when we had wires trailing all over our floors, this this is a, such an obvious thing to want to do for the next the next generation of pads. And now we completely take it for granted. But it's vitally important <laughs> that we have these wireless pads now. Yeah. So I pads in general, I think is something that people take for granted a lot, but there is a lot of technology packed into these little things. A lot and of development went into them, and a lot, yeah, a lot of research and development. It is your, it is your portal to your gaming world when you're playing on a console, and even on PC as well. You've got an ergonomically designed mouse with multiple buttons on it and stuff, or you could use your pad on the PC as well. That I think is probably one of the most important advances in technology, and it directly affects games. It doesn't matter how good or bad the game is; if your interaction with it is through something that is really clunky and crap, you're not going to enjoy playing the game. Actually, I think you've just really hit the nail on the head there. You know, you could take the best game in the world, and it could last twenty hours, but if I've got to play it with a brick, I'm <laughs> not going to be happy. You know, exactly it. So I think he is right where the game is the focal point. But if the way that you're interacting with the game, look at the Kinect. Yeah. yeah. If the way that you're interacting with the game is hampering the game experience, then you're not going to enjoy it. it. Doesn't matter how well crafted the game is. So I I think while he is right, we've got to look at all aspects of technology, not just newer consoles or more power or mm. uh, or, the, or or this that and the other. There's basic things that we kind of take for granted now that are vitally important in the way that we play games. Well, we got a response from uh, James Hinton, who is Flames Hinton on Twitter. He says, um, I care about seeing the evolution of technology. For example, look at the Game Boy and then all the way up to the 3DS, seeing how it changes. Yeah, 2DS. Well, yeah, the 2DS now. (laughs) (laughs) Throw that in there. But yeah, the evolution of the the Nintendo handheld. It's been all different shapes and sizes. But seem- it's still it's still essentially a handheld device, and they've added the 3D onto it now, and I suppose they've got touchscreen on there as well. Yeah. But again, these are all things I kind of see as gimmicks. But then I've not I've not got a, I've not had any of the touchscreen DS devices, so I suppose I can't really say anything. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Before we jump onto the new one, okay. Um, I was going to say my one big concern about technology moving forward and the counter effect to this is. A lot of these games are starting to look beautiful. You know, we're looking at the Titanfall, the Killzone 4s now, mm. and graphically they are beautiful. 
Now you've got to take off that beauty, off that cutscenes, off that design and structure and everything, and we've got to put in these discs, and the discs aren't getting as big these days. Well, so I don't what... know. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was going to be a really good cut in there, but you put them all down into these little discs, and I just don't know what you're sacrificing to make it look beautiful. Are you spending too much time making something pretty and not something worthwhile? And what's, how's the balancing done in that? Because there's so many times where you've got a pretty face and a dumb bitch behind it. <laughs> I think you'll I, find I a lot of the games that way. I think you'll find a lot of the time, actually, it's not that difficult. And I'm, I'm not a game developer, so, <laughs> so I've got to be careful when I get stamped by somebody who is. But you're talking a lot of the time now. In order to keep, in order to keep the, the power requirements down for games, the designers are doing things like reducing the polygon count down to a sensible level, reducing advanced post effects like bump mapping, lighting shaders, and particle effects. Mm. These are all things that are scalable in the SDKs. These are all things that they can design the game at the highest level that it will, it will be able to be played. And while they're designing it on the PCs, on the high-end PCs that they're designing these games on or whatever, these are going to be at very, very, very high levels. And then when they start putting the game together, they scale them back. They'll have a slider for the number of particles. They'll have a slider for the, for the bump mapping level. They'll have a slider for... And it's not always exactly like that, but it's a case of they can design the game at the highest level and then they will scale it back for the console that it's on, which is a lot of the time why you will see slight, effect, slight differences between the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox games. So you probably will find that nowadays... Games are designed at that really high level anyway and then scaled down. All you'll find on the newer consoles is they don't need to scale them down as much. They can leave higher, you know, they can put much higher um, polygon counts in. They can put much higher particle effects in and all the rest of it. They just don't have to scale these things all the way back down. The thing you've got to bear in mind is for the first few... Um, for the first few games that are coming out on the new generations, they're probably going to come out on the old generations as well. Yeah. So they need that ability to be able to scale things back. So... I don't know if it affects it as much as you might think. I, I, I do agree that maybe a lot of budget and a lot of games is put probably into the wrong place where you, where you should be putting it into the voice acting, you're putting it into the graphic design and stuff like that. But I think that's always been the case. I think that's been the case since back in, eight, back, you know, back in the NES days. So, See, I, I disagree with that, with that heavily. I've worked with this. I've seen it in development stages. And it was always... Like we take back PlayStation, PlayStation One era, and even to the point where I was working on Airform Jim 3D, you had a lot that was the story. How do we get the story? How do we get the message across? How do we get this? And it has changed a little bit here. Now we are seeing the graphic designers come in. It's like, how do we make this prayer? How do we make people in awe? And not the message is getting diluted so much by the pretty architecture. I'm worried about that becoming the trend what i what i was getting at though is what i think are, are you are you basically saying that do you think that the increased expectations because games are becoming much more pretty are making it so that game developers are forced to spend a lot more time to make their game look really good in order to make it stand up with the latest generation stuff and therefore sacrificing the other aspects of their game yeah. Or I'll right, okay. quite happily go with that. Yeah. Right. Okay. I was going to say that that I do agree with because there are expectations placed on game developers, and if they bring out a game a year after another game's come out and it doesn't look as good as that game, it doesn't matter how good the story or how good the other parts of the game are, people will always say, "But this other game game came out a year ago, looked way better." So I do agree with it in that way. There yeah. are expectations that are placed on the developers, and they are expected to meet those. And if they don't, 
then it doesn't matter how good the rest of the game is, it will be <laughs> let down. crucify them now. Yeah, yeah, no, so I, I do agree with it in that way. But what I yes. was kind of meaning was, I think in terms of whether the game developer makes the right decisions on where it needs to place its budget and where it needs to place its time, that is, is, a, is a developer by developer and a management decision. And I think way back to the original Mario games and stuff, that probably would have always been the case. There would, there would have to be management to, to make sure that they're putting the right effort in, in the right places in the game. But I do see what you mean. Nowadays, there is a, a big drive to keep up. What do we think to the, uh, the technology, around, not as much in the consoles, but the things around it? Headphones are getting better now, or headsets? Yeah, this, this is a big thing. And exactly the same as the pads as well, yeah. Yeah, and the, uh, TVs as well. I, mean, I remember yep. playing on a 14-inch CRT TV, and now yep. I've got a 50-inch plasma. It's yeah, complete yeah, it's big... world away. And it's a requirement as well for you know HD nowadays. Can you imagine a game coming out that doesn't support HD? Oh, I remember the my, the first HD game I played on a standard TV, and it was Ghost Recon. Uh, oh, what was it called? One of the first ones on the Xbox 360. And was it's, it Advanced Warfighter? That was the one. Yeah, I played and that. <laughs> as I, I quickly hinted at before, I'm colorblind. I'm actually quite badly colorblind. So, like, the yellow and the green on the, the Xbox control pad, I really can't tell them apart. <laughs> and so, puz- I love puzzle games, but they do get a bit of a problem for me. Now, you're looking at, like, Advanced Warfare, and it's like, quickly, press! Yeah. And they are, you're showing what would normally be on a normal screen TV, like, the picture of the A or the picture of the Y or something. They're like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Mash keys, so add that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see what happens. <laughs> No, um, I agree with that. I played the first HD game I played was Dead Rising on the Xbox 360, and I played that on a 22-inch CRT screen. Couldn't read a fucking thing. Could you? Couldn't read anything. <laughs> couldn't read a goddamn thing. All the subtitles were coming out down the bottom, and because it was expected that you had a HD TV, literally they were so pixelated and broken you couldn't read the subtitles. <laughs> it was unbelievable. You had to play this game on a on a HD TV just to be able to play it. There are quite a few games that have that were early on in the in the lifetime of the 360 that made that exact same mistake. Mm. But yeah, that's developers being stupid more than anything else. But. <laughs> yeah, kind of expecting people to be ahead of the curve. Yeah. No, you are right though, because with, like you're talking about surround sound and stuff, mm. surround sound headphones and surround sound speakers that come with TVs, the game developers have got to use all of that stuff. You know, if, it's, if, you've, if there's a possibility that somebody has a Dolby 5.1 surround sound system, you want the game to support it so you get the best effect. Mm. You so, know the worst game I ever played with surround sound? Alone in the Dark? Dead Space. Oh, right, really? Dead Space. I should be wearing a diaper when I play a dead game. <laughs> Well, I crap myself. I noticed so difference. much. I noticed a difference in the headsets recently when me and Zero are playing Splinter Cell Co-op. The the standard Xbox headset that comes with a console, it is terrible. Yeah, it's awful. It's so bad. And obviously, I re- well, I re- record these podcasts using a, a Turtle Beach headset, and the, the quality between between the two is just astonishing. Yeah. So when we are playing, what headset are you actually using? When I'm playing, because my Total Beach is all hooked up to my PC. I just use the standard Xbox one, ah. which is why a lot of times when we're playing, you say I can't hear you or are you still there, and I'm talking away. Yeah, <laughs> that, that explains a little bit. Yeah, I found it quite interesting. That PlayStation Three doesn't come with a headset at all. Is it not? No, huh. you have you have to uh, buy a Bluetooth or you plug in a, a USB headset, but you have to. Yeah, they expect you to kind of buy you know like a normal in-car Bluetooth headset that you would tether to your phone. You can just tether that to the PlayStation Three and use that. Oh, really? Okay. 
So you can you just buy whatever peripheral suits you. But yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. The other thing that I've got to point out here, that I do think that a lot of gamers fall into this trap. Don't buy gaming headsets. Now when you're talking people like ah, Turtle right, Beach, well. <laughs> when you're talking people like Turtle Beach, or when you're talking an established brand, mm. yeah, then alright, that's fine. But if you start looking at the razors and other people like this, you are paying for the name. You are not paying for it. And it goes, you have five drivers in this in these uh, headphones. There are five independent speakers <laughs> to, simu- to simulate 5.1 surround sound. Yeah? But it, that is not how 5.1 surround sound works when you're wearing a headset. It is a lie. You are not going to... If you have two extremely high-quality drivers in a very good traditional stereo headset, you will get exactly the same, if not better, directional audio than you will from these crappy small drivers that are in these, quote, gaming headsets. I'm not saying all of them. Yeah. But I think a lot of gamers fall into this trap of thinking that because it's a gaming brand and because it's a gamer's thing, this is what you want to play your games. But look at the look at the people that have been making things these things for absolutely ages. Look at Sennheisers. Look at Plantronics. These are these are guys that are their the, their entire world is making audio devices, and you will get extremely good quality out of their products you will pay for it but you get extremely good quality out of their products i think think, a lot of people fall into a trap like that i think for gaming headsets there's only four that you should really go for yep tritons mad cats to a lesser extent and turtle beach obviously and astro gaming i've heard good things about steel series really I've, i've not i've not i don't know them too well no, the only problem that you get with the Steel Series ones is the the microphone that comes with them. Ah, oh, right. But because they're not, they don't have particularly great microphones with them. And if you're buying an integrated headset that's got a microphone in it as well, yeah. you need both of them to be good. Yeah. Otherwise, it's pointless. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I've got a set of Sennheisers, and I've got a set of Plantronics that's got a built-in microphone. The Plantronics are what I'm using right now to do the podcast. But when I'm gaming, I use my Sennheisers because the directional audio on them is amazing and they're really comfortable. Mm. But I do think. There are good ones out there, but don't fall into the trap of it's Razer. It's got a green light on it. Yeah. It's, you know, and all the rest of it. Razer make good mice. They make okay mice. They don't. They don't necessarily make great headsets. And there will be people out there that have got Razer headsets, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, you're such a bastard!" <laughs> There's the best headset I've ever used in my life. Well, yeah. The best headset I've used for gaming has been my Astro A40s. I've never changed from them. Yeah, my my Sennheiser HD 595s, the best headset I've ever used for gaming. But with, without a shadow of a doubt. They don't have a microphone on them, so you've got to make sure that you've got a, a separate microphone, but mm. not a problem. Okay, can we can, can we come to a, a Ready Player 2 conclusion on this? Do we care more about technology, or do we just want to play good games? Good games. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to have to side with Zero here. I just want to play good games. The problem is that there is, there's technology that drives things. If you look at the Oculus Rift, that has the potential to change gaming. Yeah. Literally, it's not a better version of something that we already had, or I suppose arguably it might be, but it's not. It's something new. It's something that potentially has the the ability to change the face of gaming. Do I think the Xbox One or the PlayStation Four are going to do that? No, I don't. They're better. You know, we we, can, we can go the whole Blue Peter thing. Go say that, that technology and good games can very much go hand in hand. 
Yes. And, you know, we can go right the way down the middle. But I'm saying, yeah, I agree. Oculus Rift will be game changer. It will break the mold. The design of headsets and handsets, fantastic. Ergonomics, yes. But, and it all comes down, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm going to sit down with these beautiful pieces of technology and play a good game. I'll tell you what. Let's, let's, we can answer this with a simple, with a simple one here. Go. Do you have any more fun playing Mario Kart on the Wii or the Wii U? than you did playing Mario Kart on the SNES. No. No. <laughs> There's your answer. That is the answer right there. Yeah. That's that's it, isn't it? A good game is a good game, and regardless of what you're using, you will enjoy that game. There you go. So I, I think at the end of it, that's that's That's, that's the it answer. in a nutshell, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with our, our conclusion, we we just like good games. That's going to bring us to the end of this week's podcast. Um I want to direct you to a, to a few places that we can find us on the internet. You can find our website, readyplayer2two.co.uk. Uh, there's links on there to our merchandise store to subscribe to us via iTunes. You can listen to the podcast on there. You can see our videos. You can see our tweets. There's so much stuff. Just get on there and have a look. Uh, it's a lovely design as well, which I think was done by Rich. It was. So that's, it's, it's very sexy. nice. Not, not that you ever fucking go there, Ross, but <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm on there now. Right. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> uh, He's just noticed. Yeah, it's very nice. Well done. Um, we're on Twitter at ReadyP2. Uh, pretty much, we ask, ask a question at least once a week, so we like to get some of you guys involved with us. And we love the feedback we've been getting back so far. Yeah, keep yeah. it up. And we sometimes give away free stuff. So who doesn't want free stuff? I want free stuff. I never win it. <laughs> you haven't read the terms of We're giving it away. That's the hard part. Yeah, rubbish. And if you want to help us out in the, the the best way you can do, you can buy some of our T-shirts, which are all excellent designs, which are all done by Rich as well. Um, the website for that is readyplayer2two.spreadshirt.co.uk. Yeah, there's a link on the side of our website as well. So if you just go to readyplayer2.co.uk, you'll be able to go to our merchandise site straight from there. And I've just added a new T-shirt today. And we've already sold two of them. The fancy took me. Yeah, well, one of them was to me. Yeah, and the other one was to me, but still. <laughs> okay, there we go. Excellent. Yeah, we just added a new shirt, and I, I really like it. I think it's it's. It's so good stuff. we're buying our own stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's so, exactly. it's so good we're buying our own shit. Uh, there's men's t-shirts, there's women's t-shirts. There's a, a Ready Player 2 Baby Grow. So if your baby wants to look the best, get that. Uh, there's some buttons as well. Buttons and badges. Yeah, pins. If there's Excellent. anything that you want us to put any logos on, we, we can do hats, we can do iPad covers, all sorts of stuff. Just let us know. Oh, we can, can we? You're hawking out my abilities, are you? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're getting pimped, man. No, you're getting you pimped can uh... make them in paint. <laughs> I've got all the designs in a folder now. I'm, uh, I can do what I want with them. Oh, I'm sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where can people find us on the internet, gentlemen? Um, Rich, where can they find you? You can find me at Zebwen on Twitter, Z-E-B-W-E-N. You can find me on YouTube, uh, Newbie5 on YouTube, even though it keeps wanting me to use my real fucking name. <laughs> Stop fucking asking. I don't want to do it. Um, uh, you can probably find me at the other places as well. I just want to I just want to highlight about the uh, the website. We've got uh, a, I want to say follower, but he's a member of our team called Lazy Lamb. And he has been, every every time, we had somebody say this a while ago, but... We talk about loads of games on the podcast and we talk about loads of games that people have never heard of and we talk about loads of shit that, you know, is probably completely obscure. So somebody mentioned, could you please give us some links for the for this stuff that you're talking about? Because you're talking about a game, it sounds really good, I've never played it, I want to find it. By the time I get there, I've completely forgotten and I can't be asked to listen to your podcast again because you're kind of a little bit shit. So, 
Lazy Lamb, what he's been doing is he's been listening to the entire podcast and putting up a huge list of links to basically everything that we have spoken about on the podcast, to all the games, to any news articles and references um, that, we, that we've spoken about. So if you go to the website and go to the article for the particular podcast that you're listening to right now, do it, you'll be able to, to follow a, li- a list of all the links for everything that we're talking about on the podcast. So you'll be able to... You've got to think, you've got to think, this is a little bit creepy in a way. That guy must listen to us more intently than <laughs> any other listener we've got. Anybody else. No, he's yeah. bearing on it every syllable. Like, is he saying a game name? Has he yeah. mentioned anything like Pitfall, Pitfire, or anything like that? Can we spit out these random things? Yeah, oh, we should do that. Just we should totally like, talk about games that don't exist just for confusing. <laughs> I'm just looking at the, the post from last web, the last podcast. We talked about 49 games. Yeah, yep. but did, believe- did, did anyone else play Alone in the Back to the Future? <laughs> oh yeah, that was an amazing game. That was a fantastic that. game. Yeah, Alone to the Future. But yeah, big uh, credits up to Lazy Lamb. Yeah, yeah, great work, mate. Thank you for doing that every week, mate. And yeah, if you want to catch up on everything that we're talking about and you want to see links to some of these games that we've been talking about, hit up the posts on the website. Even if you're not listening to this through the website, hit up the post on the website and you'll be able to follow everything that we've been waffling about. Yeah. Um, Ciro, where can people find you from now on? As you're <laughs> from now on, this is a sad departure from me now. Sat in a bus stop drinking cider. Yeah, I'm sat in a bus shower crying. <laughs> But no, I'm still available on Twitter at Ciro Blade, which is at Charlie Echo Romeo Oscar Bravo Lima Alpha Delta Echo. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> you can also catch me on YouTube with the same name. And I'll always be around for the Ready Player Battles, which you should see the new one up soon. Excellent. So from me, this is my last one, but I'm always around. <laughs> yep. Well, the Ready Player Battles, for those people that don't know, uh, is going to be a separate podcast as part of the Ready Player 2 network, as part of the Man on the Post network. It's coming under the Ready Player 2, um, the same Ready Player 2 podcast stream. So if you're already subscribed to us on iTunes or wherever it is you listen to this, you will get the battles as well. Yeah. It'll all come through in the same place, and you have a lovely, great plate of juicy fucking awesomeness. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't say any better. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at RossBell1984. Or my other project is at Man of the Post. Uh, and you can also check out Man of the Post on iTunes. It's a weekly football podcast. Uh, what else will I do? Uh, a wrestling podcast. Ring the bell. Uh, you can find that over at thepaliceofwisdom.co.uk. Um, have I forgotten anything? We're the no. official podcast of Palace of Wisdom. Yeah, we are actually now the official podcast of the Palace of Wisdom. <laughs> we have been elevated. Uh, it, it turns out that in response to us saying that we are the unofficial podcast to the Palace of Wisdom. their knee-jerk reaction was to stop saying that they were the official podcast to the Palace of Wisdom. So we're in taking response, it. We are taking it. Yep. Since you are no longer the official podcast of the Palace of Wisdom. We are. <laughs> it's ours now. And we're done. Yeah, I'm gonna. we should plug those guys as well because Palace of Wisdom is one of the only other podca- gaming podcasts that I listen to because I do listen to a few, but I find a lot of the UK podcasts a little bit difficult to stomach. So um, the, Palace of Liz- the Palace of Wisdom is one of the ones that I listen to quite frequently. They've got their general kind of all media, all singing, all dancing podcast, and they've also got The Geek Show, which is, which is more about gaming and other stuff like that. So check out palaceofwisdom.co.uk. They have some great podcasts on there. Yeah, and they also have uh, their... their- dedicated video game show is now it's been rebranded it's called red wine gamers so yeah check them out
I'm not actually sure that Chris does anything else. Uh, does he just podcast all week long? I was talking to no, him no, about it yesterday. He wants to start getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, doing, he's practically doing it as a bloody job. Yeah, he does a full-time job and then another full-time job <laughs> unpaid. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much all our plugs. Um, Zero, it's, it's been a wonderful 10 podcast with you on here. You'll be, great, oh, you'll be greatly missed. <laughs> I'm always kicking about it. Never, never too gone too far. Excellent. Yeah. And but he's still going to be around. Me and Rich will return in two weeks' time with, uh, if Lewis is alive from his trip to Scotland, if he hasn't drunk himself to death. And El, who... He'll come back with an accent, I swear, and he's going to come back. <laughs> it's like you won't even be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Except he'll be like, oh, I'm, he'll be like two foot taller than me with a beard and both end. Yeah. yeah, I think it's an improvement. <laughs> And we'll have Elle back from her trip to Disneyland. Yep, Elle is now going to be regular, a regular co-host on the podcast. If anybody didn't pick that up before. Oh, yeah, I don't uh, think we said, did we? I don't, I don't think we actually said. Ciro's going, oh. yeah, but to break up the sausage fest, <laughs> it currently is Ready Player Two. Um, although we haven't officially checked with Elle to make sure that she doesn't have a penis, we're going to assume that she doesn't. <laughs> so to break up the sausage fest, we are bringing in Elle as a full-time co-host for Ready Player 2. Ciro is going to main focus on the Ready Player Battles, which yep. is going to have all kinds of interesting and wacky um, surprise co-hosts. Uh, it's probably going to be a surprise to him as well, because I'm not sure he knows who's going to be on it yet. But um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to break up the, the system quite a lot, and it's going to be a lot of fun and, and very fun. And Rich is going to win them all. Ridiculous. I should hope so. <laughs> I should. I should definitely hope so. Well, I didn't. I didn't win this week's top fucking three, did I? <laughs> yeah. Guess who won that one? Yeah. Me. Yeah. It was only two of us in it. It's not. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. Two of us in it, and I beat you. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're uh, out of here. It's goodbye for me. Take <laughs> it easy. Everyone, yeah. enjoy it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Zero. Peace out, bitches. We're gone. Did you find what you were looking for, sweetheart? <laughs> You've broken both your bowls. Jenga! <laughs> are, you, are you sitting in glass at the moment? Do you want a hand? Give me a minute. Right. Like... <laughs> okay, give me a second as well. I'll go check mine. Okay. Oh, everything's falling apart. Games, clubs and nations. Squads and greedy fears. Stuff war on a global scale. Over here, both sides of the stairs. It's not about races, just places, faces. Where your blood comes from is where your space is. I said, I'd like to get dollar. I'm not going to spend my life being a color. <coughs> well, this is going swimmingly so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I was debating what, what to do here, but it's like, I can't leave two of you to do this. So I was like, right. <laughs> Sorry, honey, I know it's really shitty what's happened to you. Go cancel all your cars. I'll get to you soon. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, she's a bit shaken up, man. Yeah. Actually grabbed <sighs> off her or did you leave him on the sink next no, time? No, basically she got on a bus and it seems to be taking while she was sitting on the bus. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know the full story yet, but mm. not a good way ever. No. It's terrible. The fun of London. Yeah, horrible people. I'm 30 next month, or oh, next year. My mum still says to me when I go to London, make sure you keep hold of your wallet. Oh, yeah, uh, did you get any PS3 games for your birthday? Uh, did I? Oh, bear me one moment. Oh, yeah. I think I've got a good top three as well. Yeah. For one on Excellent. the flight. You yeah. Oh, you're the one that brought in the fucking Desert and this. You're the one that sort of changed <laughs> the style for everybody anyway, so. I think this is a good yeah. one. We shall see. No, I didn't. Obviously, your friend, and I'm using bunny ears again here, uh, didn't uh, didn't have any games to sell. She completely, she spilt the beans on that, like, almost immediately after it happened. Oh, She's God the worst me. person in the world at keeping <laughs> secrets. 
worst person in the world at keeping secrets. <laughs> but no, I didn't. Um, I've got uh, Hannah. Did you buy that Uncharted two for me? You douche. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she got me. Uh, I got uh, Final Fantasy: A Realm Reborn. I was expecting to get the uh, the Origin Humble Bundle, but I didn't get that either. It was a disappointing birthday all round. Really. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking at me now. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, all right. I got a bike. What was your problem? Um, That's a terrible thing. Terrible thing to call your wife. <laughs> no, I already had that bike. I've got a new bike. One with wheels. <laughs> <laughs> And I was, talk- oh, I was talking about uh, my daughter, Emily, and he was- I was going, oh, there's loads of fucking rules with kids. It's really annoying. He goes, rules with kids? What is it, like a handbook? I was just like, yeah, we got ours when we got Emily. He goes, when you got her? I was like, yeah, it's really annoying. You have to feed them three times a day. She responds to Madeline. I was like, it's really annoying. <laughs> I think the worst one I ever told somebody, which was a fact, was Maddie is an anagram for I'm dead. <laughs> oh, no. That's really bad. It's a fucking anagram for it. It is. It's also a true, also a true fact, but never mind. Oh, I don't, want to talk, <laughs> don't want to talk about this anymore. I've got kids. No, it's true. All right, let's do the top three. I've got a good one. You, I wish you were dead daily and all. Do you want to do the, you want to do the <laughs> Fucking brutal over there. Hey? Do you want to do the top three? No. No, all right. Fuck off then. <laughs> You're going to the shop? What? I know, she's gone for fuck's sake. She made risotto earlier, mm-hmm. and a couple of grains of rice um, fell out and have made like a splat on the, um, on the hob. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, she's tried to wipe it off, and it's left like a kind of imprint on the hob, and it looks like a brontosaurus. <laughs> so she's, she's there, she's looking, she, I looked through the window, and she was staring at the hob, and she looked at me and went, <laughs> I've made a dinosaur! <laughs> See, that's that much best. better than discovering Jesus on toast. I want a brontosaurus on my... I want a brontosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Right, anyway, I'm doing a podcast. Piss off. <laughs> Thank you for the tea. <laughs> Alright, we good? Right. Yeah, I'm amazing. i 
bad night. It gives him peace of mind. The arcade, arcade, arcade gaming shrine. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.